For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders and this week I'm your chunk. I'm Doge and Ian Howe finding out he only has a copy of the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) I hate when you do asterisks in your quotes. Well done, Chunk. Well done. Hits his hand against the counter in anger. (laughs) I'm Carter, and I'm so sorry I dropped you. I had to honk the declaration. Waiting 48 hours. Hey, Nick. <laughs> hey, Nick. Yeah. Why are you- nice. <laughs> nice. So, I got to go see one of my favorite. Um, I, I saw Harry Styles live. It was Chelsea's 29th birthday present. And we saw it almost on her 31st birthday. <laughs> so... It kept getting pushed back. We were able to go. He was phenomenal. He wore a white satin uh, overall and big sleeves and big collar, like 1970s. Had the coolest band. I screamed like I screamed like a Harry Styles fan. Good. Because mm. um, I have never seen since like Beyonce just a command of the audience. He would like smirk. Uh, I love it. And you'd get a little bit of dimple and the whole place would scream. Uh, there were so many times that I would look at the big screen and want to rewind it and be like, wait, what did he do? Did I, did I miss something? <laughs> I think he took a drink of water and like everyone was like, oh my God, he took a drink of water. Like, he drinks I've never water just seen like me. <laughs> such a, yes. Is Harry Styles, obsession. is Harry Styles the... Most similar thing in terms of being like an international sex symbol that we currently have that would be comparable to Prince. I have always thought, and I think it's because I'm trying to put, I want to have like one of everything. Mm-hmm. Bruno Mars is Prince to me. Musically, but I could sure. Be, I could be wrong. I just mean as far as like just being this like, yeah, international sex symbol. I think like for me, I was telling Doge, I think it's when you were taking a break, that he was he's like millennial McCartney. Like, he feels like Paul McCartney. Like, because One Direction was a huge deal, obviously, yeah. as, as were the Beatles. And, and Simon I, Cowell put the Beatles together as well. And Simon Cowell also put the Beatles yeah. together. Um, dude, I, you know what? I had Prince thoughts too. So I think in terms of sex symbol, hmm. it, I don't want to give the kid the infinity gauntlet and just say that he's got yeah. the sex appeal of Prince and everyone else appeal of Paul McCartney. More like a Randy <laughs> Travis than maybe. But he might. Like I thought Randy you were going to say Randy Doom. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You don't My know. My favorite Harry Styles song is beautiful. Was a bug. That's all. That's all I'm going to do. That song. I don't want to do it. So ready for the rest. I don't want to. Anyways, that I left there feeling Ironically, less hunky, but uh, <laughs> as as it set in, having that experience made me feel hunky. And, and you were you were riding the watermelon sugar high. What it was it was that was, that was the good. encore. What of course it was. Oh, it's yeah, I'm ready for that young man to go ahead and do a full rhythm and blues album. Sure. Yeah. 
but he can kind of do whatever he wants. So more power did to that, you, Harry. Did that record come out during during the big sickness that I believe was going around? Holy I think it did. Moly. I think Fine Line came out during COVID. Wow. I believe it did. Wow. Congrats. Dude. Wow. Jeez. So did today's movie that we're talking about too. It's just been going on that long. That yeah, Carter, long. Carter's sort of whole vibe on our Zoom screen looks like he needs a couple torches to clear out some of the darkness mm. inside the room that he is in. So um, I think the best way to get him some torches is to go ahead and crack open the vault and uh, talk about the movie that we have uh, today, which is the second movie of our Heist to Meet You heist movie series. And I would say the uh, the loosest fit of the three movies in a no. heist series. No way. It's definitely By a heist no way. movie. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because what you guys just said is insane. Because hold on. It's not a heist movie. There is a heist in it. Hey. And I said the loosest of the three. You're telling me that this is equivalently heisty to no. Ocean's Eleven in the town? But then you came in and and put all your chips in and said, it's just not one at all. So now you still Correct. gave us somewhere to put our mad energy. Mm. You're welcome to put it there. You just can't put it in the first one, which is where you mm. both planted your flags in the first place. It is not a heist movie, but it is a great movie. And we're going to talk about it right now. That great. movie is National, National Treasure. Treasure. Doge, can I get a synopsis, please? Please. This week's synopsis has no author and sprung fully formed from the head of Zeus, like Athena, to bring wisdom to mortals that they may write it down on scrolls and place it in the library of Alexandria and then tuck it away with the Templar treasure for thousands of years. Only to be stolen. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin Gates, a pedigree of the treasure hunter family who learns about a national treasure from his grandfather. The treasure is stashed somewhere in the country, and the clue leading to the treasure chest is ciphered and scattered all over the country. Benjamin's father abhors treasure hunting, as he himself lost 20 years Such in chasing the treasure without success. Plot takes a twist when Ben's accomplice, Ian, decides to steal, quote, Declaration of Independence, end quote, for the next clue. Ben refuses, to, in quotes. Ben refuses to Ian's plan, and they become hostile. When Ben tips FBI about the possible theft, they refused to believe him. Ben determines to steal the, quote, Declaration of Independence, end quote, in order to protect it from Ian. Ben meets, quote, Abigail Chase, end quote, the curator of the archives when he steals the document. Rest of the story is about how Ben, his partner Riley, and Abigail decrypts the clues and rescues the national treasure without getting to the hands of Ian. How did this synopsis both include the word abhor? And have no and grammatical structure the whatsoever. Rest. <laughs> rest of the story. I get so excited every time I'm watching a movie and I check the synopsis and I find a stinker. I've been thinking about how excited I am to read that to you guys all day today. Oh. <laughs> let's uh, let's unpack this. Let's talk about uh, whether this Carefully. is a heist movie or not. Uh, you know what, Jordan? I'm back. On, I'm on your side for the first time because if this is a heist <laughs> movie. Every Indiana Jones movie is a heist movie. Right. That's that's more where I'm getting at is this this movie to me feels like a modern swashbuckle. This is uncharted. The movie is a history is, heist though. There there is one heist that happens for approximately 18 minutes and then the rest is Tomb Raider. The rest is Yeah. The rest is an an, an adventure movie. And I this is not a conversation about the quality of said movie. That's about to happen. I'm just saying I'm down with this being in our heist series because the heist rules so hard. Yeah, it's very good. So I'm down. Um, I just wanted to, to clarify. Now, here's the thing. I have not watched this movie since I was a boy. Mm. Mm. So I was coming in with virtually no opinion oh. on like the quality of the movie and whether or not I liked it because I didn't, I hadn't okay. watched it since I was a kid, you know? So like I did first Nick Cage movie by the way. Yeah, this is that's crazy. Ever. This far oh, into our done 300 episodes. Yeah, almost wow. 4 years. We'll insane. He needs his own he'd have his own series. He should. Um I yeah, I, I started this movie and I literally literally was like I don't know that I have an opinion on this going in whatsoever. I don't remember hardly anything. Turns out I was wrong and I remembered a lot about it. Um just right. deep down inside. Hey, 
National treasure rules. It absolutely <laughs> rules. I'll tell you, the last time I watched this was on a full screen DVD. So I've actually never seen the entire movie. I've never seen the never white seen screen white cut of this screen. movie. Oh my goodness, guys. My opinion <laughs> so on this movie good. is unchanged from when I was just a wee boy. Same. Completely unchanged. Man. I don't want to get into all the, the flavor just yet. Let's snap open the flavor, baby. Man, it's there were some things I realized here. Like this was this so this is a Disney movie. It was yeah. I think originally going to be Touchstone. Mm-hmm. Uh because it was going to be PG-13, but then when it wasn't PG-13, they said let's put it under Disney cuz Disney owned all of it. So it said which was a great idea cuz it made 300 million dollars and back wow. in 2004 that's a big deal. It tripled its budget, which 100 million is huge for yeah. the first of what would be a series, I guess. But how many are there? Two. Um, yeah, I think there were I've two. I've only seen the second one once. I think they're, they're making a third one. There's two. Incredible. There's a third one that's supposed to be coming to Disney Plus, as well as a TV Incredible. series that's a retelling of the first movie with like a younger cast. Okay, interesting. Um, but this was being PG. National Treasure officially became the end of semester. Uh, yes. Middle school, high school. Yes. Every band trip, every orchestra trip, (laughs) every band trip. Yeah. You're safe. You're fine. It's fine. Yeah. There's sexual tension, but it's super minimal. Not the (laughs) kind of nothing you wouldn't get at the dinner table at home with mom and dad. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the last time I watched this movie, wholesome sexual tension is all in 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 my uh, doctoral pursuits. We visited Washington D.C. Because uh, there's some classes we were taking on on certain types of leadership and educational leadership. A lot of academia history is in the Northeast for the United States. So we're going out to Washington, D.C. We get a spiel a little bit about what to expect on our tour. And then we've got about an hour and a half to two hours before we get there. And uh, we're in a bus. And those little screens on the bus, our professor plays yep. National Treasure. Beautiful. Yep. Too. And what a way to set it up. Because then now, <laughs> then… I had a weird moment where I'm walking this line between really soaking in the kind of stuff that I love in terms of just history in general, but also feeling like I was on a movie set. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is where Nick was. Oh God, that's over there's where he mentioned he like yelled burning something. I don't know why he did that, but it was like, I, it is so nostalgic for, I didn't realize how nostalgic yeah. this movie was for me. And it came out when I was like 16. So, Usually, I'm finding that from my like 1993. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, man. There is something about this movie that is, um, it's not, it's not a so bad, it's good type situation because the quality of the movie is actually pretty high for the most part. It's a really fun script. The script is such a fun script. It is that I didn't realize as a kid doesn't take itself seriously at all in the no, best possible way. it is way. so like over the top, like Dan Brown, Da Vinci Code, yes. like yes. totally wild pseudo history stuff. And it's so much fun. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely fun. And we talked about kind of the stage that Ocean set. And I'm glad we're unintentionally doing these movies chronologically. But uh, when we talk about going in to get the declaration, they're totally pulling on Oceans, right? Like yeah. They're yep. doing, the, they're showing yep. us the scenes talking over that and we're actually getting a little bit of the action in the narration of what they're going to do. And, and it's even like, the exact is. same thing of let's record a blank hallway, an empty yep. hallway and play it back on the security monitor. I mean, three years later. So it's a uh-huh. clear rip. Imagine Benjamin Gates sitting you in are theater. now the invisible man. Yep. Yeah. It's a good line. It's Gosh. a great line. I'm going to super pump real quick. Go, please. please. Um, my super pump is Nicolas Cage. My super okay. pump is also Nicolas Cage. Okay. Um, Very good. I'm going to super, super dump real quick. <gasps> My super dump is Nicolas Cage. Yeah. He is he is an anomaly. Okay. Nicolas Cage, his entire career, he has been the best and worst decision to make for every mm-hmm. single movie he's ever been in. Mm-hmm. This man does it simultaneously because he's just kind of he's I think he's on the Mount Rushmore of quirk. He's sure. like he's up there with Jeff Goldblum and Chris Walken. And yes, you're kind of like, how absolutely. do you keep how do you keep doing this? How do you keep making it work? But it works. I could not possibly imagine anyone but Nick Cage in this role as Ben Franklin. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't possibly uh, 
I, I, I also crave someone else in this role at the same time. Yeah. You know, I'm also like, can you give me someone else? But please don't take him away. Nick Cage is the definition of, uh, to borrow from 2014 culture, get you a man who can do both. Mm. Nick Cage Mm. can do both. Yeah. He's, he's won an Oscar. Like it's, it's absolutely bizarre, but he, yeah. He works perfectly, perfectly for me in this movie. He is far and away my favorite thing about this movie. Oh, has yes. Because I can't, I can't look at anything else. And I am a, a a huge sucker for stories like this, like Indiana Jones, Uncharted, even Assassin's Creed. Like the modern day stuff was always more interesting sure. to me than the the like any of this like Dan Brown pseudo history stuff. Oh, is so you are interesting on an island me. liking the modern part of Assassin's Creed I know. more than the I know. Historical I was like, part. this is far more interesting. The modern incarnations of the Templars and the Assassins is way more interesting to me than. Ezio and Altair and all those dudes. But anyway, even in a movie that is built around one of my favorite, like, tropey, pulpy, ridiculous concepts, I cannot focus on anything except for Nicolas Cage. It's, yes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The whole thing revolves around him. And do you think, so two questions. One, for the both of you. Uh, do you think this is the role he is best known for? Dude, Generally. maybe. Ooh, maybe. Ooh. I'm going to say yes, actually. I think it's got to be this one or like Wicker Man. Sure. And then I say for my yeses, but for both of you, I guess, do you think he knew it when he was doing it? That this was going… I don't no think way. he had any idea… I don't think no. Disney that this even was going known. to be… But they did. They spent $100 million in 2004. They spent yeah, $100 yeah. million no, dollars on this movie. I and think Disney they're trying to… had bukus, but… They're trying to replicate the Pirates of the Caribbean smash. Right? Because that was like, I mean, what, a year before? Year mm-hmm. and a half before? Yeah, maybe. Two totally. Isn't that crazy? But Two they're both totally different kinds of movies. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. One year before. Yeah. 2003. And they're both produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, right? Yeah. Am I crazy? National Treasure is, is, a, is a Bruckheimer film, right? He's not the director. No, he wasn't of Pirates either. That was… Yeah, uh, he is. Uh, he is a producer on National Treasure, I believe. Uh, was it? Wasn't it uh, 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 Gore Verbinski yeah. Yeah. directed Pirates, Curse of the Black Pearl? Yeah, he just yeah, produced Brookheimer. both of them. It's Bruckheimer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, wow. it, there is something magical about the way that… Yeah, no, dude. Your Jeff Goldblum comparison was spot on. And, and, and same with Christopher Walken. Here's why. All three of these men, in very different ways, all three of these men chew every ounce of scenery on the screen with them. Yeah. And you're not mad about it. And you will never catch any of them, hardly ever, attempting to sound anything different than how they just always sound. Right. right. If that makes sense. Like, what is the point? If if Chris Walken is playing some some British person and he's just like, oh, hello, how's everybody? You're like, what are you doing? Why did you cast him? Why is it Chris Walken? If I may. We need Chris Walken. If I may. Nobody casts Jeff Goldblum to act. They cast right. Jeff Goldblum to bring Jeff Goldblum flavor to the table. It's the same, I think, as The Rock and as Keanu. It's these, right. these, these beautiful boys that we love so much are movie stars first and actors second. Bingo. Yeah. You know? Bingo. Yeah. You know, I would say, though, I think out of all of them, because I think this is an interesting conversation, uh, Goldblum either it's his agent or himself, tends to be making the best decisions. Correct. Because I, I think he's Walken getting Walken does put, some good stuff too, though. Walken does too. I think Nick is the worst, and he's historically known to be the worst because yeah. he says no to nothing. I think because Nick from what has heard, range just not in his AAA movies. Right. Consistently in debt. <laughs> like, I heard the movie um, Truffle that came out yeah, recently. Right. Uh, that I think it's called Truffle. I think it is. Or is it called, or Hog or something. It's like, it's this truffle farmer, and mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like a gritty. It ends up being like a gritty action horror movie or something, mm. but massive raves. Yeah, yeah. Mandy. Canes, a couple years Canes, ago, people were the going Canes nuts about festival. Everybody's standing ovation. Brilliant work from Nick Cage. Are you? <laughs> I mean, he just does it all. He says yes all the time. I do have to circle back and check. Did you say the Canes Film Festival? Yeah, I always pronounce it wrong. It's Cannes, but now I want a chicken festival. That's that's. I'm sorry. Also yeah, a film Cannes. Festival. I always I mean, say it wrong. I think it's because I'm like, y'all know how close I am to a Canes over here. 
I know. Yeah, the, first time I, the first time I went to your new house, I told Jess that we could never, ever move there because I would just walk and eat canes every day. I clocked it. If I hit a green light, 83 seconds from me. <laughs> that is so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. means on, on a good day where they're already pumping out chicken and fries, you're at most a six-minute round trip from sitting back at your table with a bucket of chick, essentially. Never have to worry about it. Not Let's figure hot. out a movie series to watch. Maybe it's like Matrix or something since Jordan's never seen them and have a Canes film festival at your house, Carter. A Canes okay. film festival. I would I'll make love sure that. to take off whatever filter that y'all weren't close enough friends to tell me in the moment. <laughs> I'll make sure and fix that. It's motion smoothing. You had motion smoothing. <laughs> or else on. I'll wait until like two. Did you just think I shouldn't be on this podcast anymore after I did that? <laughs> I was embarrassed. When y'all told me that, I had a hard time. I don't know if we were recording something after you broke the news, but I was like, oh, okay. You couldn't shake it. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, you know, it happens. Scene Bean. Can we talk about Scene Bean? I'd love yes. to talk about Scene Bean. Is he ever the wrong choice? No. No. Scene Bean no. is always perfect. No. Yes. He's so good. You know, this, he brings a weird only... gravitas to this movie. Yeah. Oh, he does. He's he's up there with all the, and we're not going to just create a, a bunch of uh, celebrity Rushmores today, but he is definitely, he feels stage. He feels like yeah. that like, Totally. European stage actor. That's yeah. why when he's Boromir or when he is uh, Ned Stark, it's like, oh my God, these are icons. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like yep. these, this is taking over the world for a hot minute. Um, so when he plays something like this, what a great villain. Yeah. Like, what a yes. great… Oh, man. I have to tell you, the first time I saw this movie, I had a feeling he wasn't a good guy. And I think that's great. I think that's fine. You know, he's on Nick's side at the beginning, on Ben's side, but then he turns. It's like, hey, listen, if you've seen Goldeneye, yeah. if you've seen Lord of the Rings, you know yeah. he's turning, right? But in this one, at least he lives. Did you see the trivia that this is one of the only <laughs> movies he's alive at the end wow. that That's Scene Bean has ever done? <laughs> That's wonderful. amazing. Yeah. His name. And I'm glad. The names, the script for this movie is just so, it was written by a ninth grade history teacher. I'm I thought of Pacific yep. Rim too. The name, Ian Howe, he's the only, he's the British villain of this movie and he's named after both the brothers, Admiral Howe and General Howe, uh, who were stationed in New York during the Revolutionary War. Uh, Nicholas Cage's name is Benjamin Franklin Gates. Yeah. There are all these like founding fathers. It's just… Isn't his dad John Adams Gates? Jonathan Adams Gates. Yes. Yeah. It's wild. There's a trivia on IMDb that says Ben Gates' name is a pun on the film's quote, old times in modern times theme. Ben Franklin lived during colonial revolutionary times. Don't and, say Bill Gates. And, and Bill Gates is modern day. Sure. Sure, bud. Six of 26 found this interesting. <laughs> That's right. We need to take more dives into that. We started doing that. What did we call that? Like you go find the least interesting oh, trivia. Oh, I am doo trivia. trivia. It's the bad I am one. Doo-doo. It's the doo-doo right at the bottom. Was that but the worst one? That was one of the worst ones I could find. But the names in okay. this are just… They're I think so it went, fun. It went over my head as a kid. I think the first time I watched this, I was like, that's honestly pretty cool. Of course, they're like a really history family. So definitely they have history names. But as an adult watching this… That's ridiculous. That's yeah, so stupid. Yeah, it's so stupid. And it's amazing. But it's great. Yeah. Um, I would like to go ahead and super dump just to get out of the way because I really don't have a lot negative to say about this movie. Even the bad go. stuff even the bad stuff is so stupid that I can totally <laughs> forgive it for the most part. My super dump is uh, the overall treatment of Abigail by the other characters in the movie. Mm. It yeah. just like… And I know it's played up for laughs. Uh, the pretty girl. I know it's played up for laughs, but they're like, the hot girl. shut up, shut up, shut up. Don't you ever shut up. Like that whole thing. I know it's yeah. played for laughs. It's not funny though. Yeah. That's going to, I mean, my super dump is the, the like, the interactions, the relationship between Benjamin Franklin Gates and Abigail Chase culminating in the romance at the end. Yeah. It's just, there is nothing that feels good Come or here. okay about that. <laughs> By the light of our torches, let me give you our first smack. <laughs> right there. Right, right. Like the timing, dude. Ugh. What are you doing? Yeah, I, I don't Ugh. care for. Yeah, I guess this the is... romance would be the broad umbrella of my super dump, but yeah. specifically the treatment of Abigail by the other characters in the movie is grody. I think this is where it, there's hints of Indiana Jones. There is. Yeah. Uh, but maybe not done as well. 
you know, because it felt like Harrison Ford could just kiss you at any moment. And people right. would be like, wow, that's pretty romantic. But I think <laughs> not Nick Cage. I think with Nick, I'm sorry, Nick. I'm sorry. It's like, well, we're gonna put that kiss up on the fridge with all the other kisses, and we'll be able to walk by and be like, wow, what a great kiss. You tried. Um <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna talk about to the- if we're gonna talk about things Indiana Jones does better, like I think the reason his father's in this is because Sean Connery was in the at the time most recent Indiana Jones. Like, hey, uh, if you can't get Sean Connery, get John Voight. How about John Voight? How about Angelina Jolie's dad? Maybe he can do it <laughs> for us. And he's perfect. Um, but I think something I was thinking about this while I was watching it last night, it was almost my super dump for this movie, is that Benjamin Franklin Gates has no listed occupation. We do not know what he does when he's not looking for this money. Uh, mm, he's never yeah. shown like working or doing anything. And he has no compelling reason to search for this treasure other than he really wants it. He just really wants it, you guys. He wants to find it, guys. So let's let him, let's let him find the treasure. Let's help him. He just really wants it. And I think every Indiana Jones movie does it better. We yeah. obviously see, we obviously see uh, Indiana like being employed by the college and being sent on these field assignments to gather things for the college uh, or to send things to a museum. And he has a compelling reason in every single one and most of the reasons are Nazis, so the Nazis don't get it. But there's no sense in which like, oh, if Ian gets this, he'll use it to destroy the world. No, he'll just get it and we won't get it. There's yeah, not he really- gets the treasure. I'm yeah. team don't let Nazis have stuff. I'm definitely on whatever oh, team that Nazis is. Oh, absolutely. Nazis should have nothing. There's no, I can't even think of a single thing that I'd be but, okay but if I was I'm like okay a Nazi with can British have that. people having stuff. <laughs> so why? So what's the big deal, I guess? No, I agree with you. It's it's weird. If it does, this is the opposite example of what we've talked about so many other times, which is like I don't believe that these characters exist outside the boundaries. Oh, of the not at all. In this movie, I don't need to. In this movie, this right. this movie does not present itself in a way that's like you should you should be absorbed by this world. It's like <laughs> no, this is this is all about this one particular story, and that's all that matters here. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. in this space, um, but I do think that it would be uh, a mistake not to talk about the boat. This was this was going to be my super dump when the movie started. And then I was like, you know what? I just don't care. It's great. Like The Secret Lies the Charlotte? That boat? Yes, that boat. Okay. That's the boat. Um, the Secret Lies Pretty crazy Charlotte. that on a wooden boat, he found the one metal piece at the top with mm-hmm. a metal detector. I you love don't have time. The, you don't have time for anything else. I love that all the gunpowder was fine. Sure. Less now. Yeah. I mean, um, our torches are older than that. Yeah. They're the torches all were, you know, it's full of those adventure movie tropes where it's like, you just got to be like, yeah, okay. You have to. Whatever. Uh, but for me, the most egregious thing in the entire movie is that what six of them fully excavated this boat in like a couple hours. It looks yeah, like. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bananas. But I love in that weather. <laughs> this is our first time that we get a real look at Ben just knowing everything about everything all the time in the best possible way. He's like, smugglers hold. It's, it, was <laughs> like, it was so ridiculous. I love it. It's so him solving the, the puzzle. And he's he's going down the rabbit trail of like, why is it capitalized? It's a person. Because it's a person. It's capitalized because it's a name. Yeah. And the one guy, the one guy who's like Daddy Importance. The one guy's like, because it's jail. <laughs> He made me giggle, guys. I giggled out loud at him. Uh, I really did. It feels like, though, his character of always knowing everything is pulling from a trope, right? Totally. But Indiana Jones doesn't always know everything. I don't think this is strictly Indiana Jones. Right. So what's he pulling from? What treasure hunter always knows everything? Uh, Well, he could be pulling from Poirot for all we know. Yeah, I guess that's true. Agatha Christie. I mean, somebody who walks in... And just knows more than everyone else. It's just different, though, in this setting. I'm yeah. all down for knowing that Benoit LeBlanc knew from the beginning that she committed the murder. I really do believe that. I, I think he's just this supernatural sleuth, right? From sure. Knives Out. Yeah. But there's something There's something about it's harder to believe. It's just like the kiss, you know? <laughs> because it's, it's like, Nick Cage. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't feel like you get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's so good at convincing people, like, 
That Dude. something sounds real when it's not. Because he doesn't really know. Can we talk <laughs> about how one of my biggest pet peeves in movies is how quick people are to stab themselves and use their blood for things? Oh, and it's like, he was all an in infection, on that. guys. He was all in on that. That's not good for you. <laughs> one of you has to have a pen. Right? You got to have ink. He probably, I mean, Ben Franklin's pen is probably in his pocket. I would like assume. Actual Ben Franklin's pen. Just a quill and Whatever. an inkwell. That's that feels like the right assumption. The only assumption that I feel comfortable making um, is I assume it's time for shout announcements. It's the shout announcement show. Welcome to shout announcements. It's the show. It's the part or the part of the show where we do shout outs and Shouts also give announcements. Announcement. Shout out to all of you, our dear listeners. We love you so much. And special shout out to those of you that have gone out of your way, taken your valuable time, and re- re- rated and reviewed us. Rated and reviewed us on the Apple Podcast app. That is huge for us. It is quite literally the number one way to make sure that this podcast gets into the hands and ear holes of new listeners. Um, so if you want to help us out, we have a goal of getting to 400 reviews, 300 reviews. Mm. 300. I'd like to set mm. it for 400. But 300 reviews before our fourth birthday, which is coming right around the corner. So if you want to make this, this little four-year-old happy, all you have to do is go give us an honest rating and review on the Apple Podcast app, and we won't, Wink, wink, won't internalize every word you say and either uh, hurt ourselves with your words or build our egos so large they explode. <laughs> Special shout out to Jonathan Benedetti. Ooh. Since the last time, Benedetti, my bad. Jonathan Benedetti, since the last time that we talked about this, he's done a review. Thanks. Thank he you. He says, best movie podcast, five stars. Ooh. Me and my son love this podcast. I love that. He listens with his son. That's beautiful. Maybe skip. I'm trying to think of it. It's like one or two episodes. I'm like, how old is he? Uh, It is our favorite. It is our favorite one to listen to together, especially the MCU episodes. Well, now I don't really care about this review. Thanks anyway, Jonathan. I'm kidding. I'm on some of the newer ones. Um, Great commentary and hilarious. I agree. Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. Benedetti. Thank you, Jonathan. I love your last name. I love your review. Thank you so much. I also love... I can't legally say more than those of you that aren't patrons. <laughs> and because it's a Zoom call that I'm on with my friends and it's a podcast that y'all are listening to, you don't know if I'm winking or not. Um, but patrons out there, I love you a lot. I'm not going to say I love you more. <laughs> but I love you a lot. We have two tiers, if you didn't know that already. $3 tier, which is going to be extra valuable coming up. So that's your cheapest way into getting an extra vote for our upcoming series, uh, which is about to be, I think, a regular thing for us, a seasonal thing that we talked about a little bit on our episode yesterday on our Mini Monday, but be on the lookout for another Chunktober. So we're going to have a bunch of uh, scary movies and a big poll there, and you get two votes when you are a patron. You'll have an exclusive voting there, and there's a Mm. lot of influence there. Not only that, very uh, well, it's already out, I would think, at this point, but Back to the Future 2 my first time through the Back to the Future series is on Patreon, along with a lot of other excellent episodes that we've done. Some of them very bad movies. Some of them very good. You'll have every Oscar winner over there that we've done. Best picture uh, winner. <laughs> best picture. Every Oscar winner. We've spent a lot of time. Every best picture winner for the last three or four years. And Scoob. Uh, and, and then you'll have Scoob and Cars 2, I think. Three. Or was it Cars, Cars 3? 3. Cars 3. Cars 3. Um, our $5 tier… Uh, is exclusive in the way that you get to just kind of talk to us as much as you want. Uh, we have our Discord channel where that's an opportunity for you to join into Box Office Ball. We have a league currently with um, several of our patrons that are in Box Office Ball. Those of us that are getting the Shang-Chi money into our purse are feeling really good about Tim it. Tim Roth, I'll never forgive you for not being credited in that Sorry, movie. Sorry, Tim. Maybe he'll come back. I, I, you never know with IMDb. But um, there's a lot to do over there. We've got lots of fun channels that we have that uh, are slowly uh, becoming fan channels for a movie that we don't necessarily like um, featuring little Tic Tacs, little yellow Tic Tacs. Yeah, I'm not gonna say I didn't actually. know what you were talking. I was like, no, 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 no. no. It's, a, it's, a can- it's a Candyman vibe right now. I'm not going to say the name too many times. But Banana um, though, you know what I'm saying? Check it out, you know, Banana. What do we got next, Doge? What are we heisting next? The finale. This went by so fast. Yeah, the finale. It's the end of it. And, and, 
you know, speaking of talking with us, mm-hmm. in ancient Greece, folks used to gather outside the oracle at Delphi for the chance to hear wisdom from Apollo. On each consultation day, they had to bathe themselves in spring water. Spring water, then they had to spring pay money. Water. Spring water. They had to pay money. They'd offer a Polanos, a type of sacrificial cake. And they it brought so these. clear o- you have not seen this movie. <laughs> they brought these offerings to the oracle. Uh, You're so McConaughey right now. You keep leaning in. They brought these offerings to the oracle <laughs> at Delphi to hear from Apollo. During the summer months, they believed he lived in warmer climates. And so they offered him all of these wonderful things for the chance to hear his voice. And these were the offerings they brought. And you know, people don't talk like that anymore, but maybe they should. And the thing I bring you for my offering to you as part of our series (laughs) is the Ben Affleck movie, The Town. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And we're talking wow, about that. What next for week. all two of you still listening to Shout Now? What a great tie in. No, that was if Ben, awesome. that was if National Treasure didn't. No, it. I got it. No, I got it. I do like that. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm going to super pump and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Ready? Do it. It's Riley. <laughs> it's Justin Barthas. It's Justin Barthas Riley. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. You could do that. Sure. That's fine. Fine. He rules. He's so funny, dude. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> yeah, he really is. He really is. He, he does me. get to. He gets to be the audience in terms of being like. Yes. We we totally see this. We talked about uh, the two of you had mentioned how this movie kind of pokes fun at itself. Yeah. And it, he's the surrogate, right? Like he's he's the voice of that. He, he's the one I, I think saying he's proof that. Everybody except Nick Cage knew exactly what Nick Cage was doing at it, during filming of this movie. Sure. Right? Sure. I mean, I don't think Nicolas Cage has the self-awareness to understand exactly what his effect on this particular piece of art is, but <laughs> boy, Riley does. <laughs> Dude, Riley sure knows. I think Justin Bartha came in and just killed the comedic relief of this movie. He is so yeah. funny. Um, his timing is fantastic. I think that it is a shame that he basically did this and then like essentially like a side character in The Hangover and that was it. Like I think that yeah. Justin Bartha has great comedic sensibilities and I think they are on full display here. He's young in this movie, dude. He's 26. And he is wow. hysterical. Maybe 25 at the time of filming. Yeah. Like uh, one of the things that I realized I remembered from this movie, couldn't have told you it, before pressing play, but I said along with him, the, uh, when are we going to get there? I'm hungry. This car smells weird. There's that <laughs> one. There's the, the, okay, who wants to go down the tunnel in the creepy tomb first? Yeah. <laughs> and Albuquerque. See, I, I can, can do, do it too. too. <laughs> Snorkel. Burned into my brain. <clears throat> Dude, I, I don't know. I understand that it sounds like I'm doing a bit. He's my favorite part about this movie. No, that's, that's totally, totally understandable. That's totally understandable. This is like bad airport novel adjacent enough. Uh, that I dude, think, yes. I think anybody, anybody that I meet could say anything about this movie is their favorite part. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah absolutely. That makes sense. Right. Absolutely. If yep. somebody's like, yes, yeah, Sadusky, the FBI boy, who's secretly Harvey a Harvey Keitel, by the way. Who's secretly a Freemason is my favorite part of this movie. Of course he is. Sure. It's amazing. I love that he's secretly a Freemason. 
<laughs> he came on screen and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot Harvey Cattell is in this. Yep. Also, Mr. Pink. one of his crew. Did y'all watch Dexter? I did. No. Too scary. Okay. You might have seen the vine and we, we're going to have to bleep this out. But the vine where it's like, all rise, motherfucker. Surprise, motherfucker. Some fries, motherfucker. As the guy who keeps yeah. doing the same thing over and over again. That's the character. <laughs> uh, one of his crew is that character from Dexter. Amazing. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. That's him. Unreal. Two two years later, he would do Dexter. Dokes. Sergeant wow. Dokes. Isn't that wild? Unbelievable. Um, something that I realized about this movie with this watch through, and it's something that actually makes it pretty legitimately special, is that for me, what made this unique, right? We've talked a lot about what it's taking from Oceans, what it's taking from Indy, what it's taking from other movies. Uh, I think what makes it a little bit unique is this had a heist vibe. This had a like uh, A-list, like blockbuster vibe that you feel like you could legitimately do yourself. There was something about putting your, like you could, that you could just be right there by something that is so valuable, you know, that you could be that mm. close to discovering clues. All the things that they're doing, a lot of that stuff is gettable. Like you can get to the roof of Independence Hall. Yeah. You can go all these different places. You know, it's kind of like, and I caught myself, even at 16, I can't imagine being, you know, 10, 8, seeing that and just kind of looking around. Anywhere that I would be that would be historical, I would like look behind something, look under something. It, it, it does really have a huge Da Vinci Code vibe there. Yeah. But with this specifically, uh, it felt like it was just around me. There was an opportunity for a blockbuster script in my hometown. I was like, I wonder what's hiding. I wonder what the secrets are there. Because they use all of these things that we're pretty familiar with. They're like, like the the stuff that I never knew an answer to. Like, why is there a pyramid with an eyeball on it on the $1 bill? You yeah. Know, like all of this stuff. Who are the Masons? I know there's Masons in my town. So all of a sudden I'm like, some of these guys are members of my church. What do you know? Yeah. Like going up to going up to Don Ralph and being like, tell me everything. <laughs> like, what is happening? He's like, what? But <laughs> I think that's just such a fun, different thing about National Treasure to me that I can't really put a finger on on, on any other experience it's, I've had. It's got the same appeal as as some aspects of American cryptid folklore. Yep. Like Bigfoot or like Chupacabra, you know, or like yeah. the Mothman or like Area 51, Roswell. So good. It's just like this extra layer. I mean, it's like the Ben Franklin glasses, right? It's like you put this extra thing on and then you can see actually what the enchanted world is that you've secretly been a part of the whole time. It's so like, I don't know. It's so appealing to want to live in that yeah. reality. The fact yeah, that Ben caught, Franklin invented the first pair of 3D glasses is incredible. Also, the way those look is it's, awful. It's wild. I mean, that's the wildest thing of it's all. That's so the most bad. unbelievable history <laughs> thing about this movie. Absolutely. It's the magic glasses. So yeah. I love it so much. Um, there was just a span of time that the, all these movies that we were having that were coming out that were kind of like semi-epic, clearly TBS, TNT movies. But like The Mummy was five years before this. Mm. Oh, I catch yeah. a lot of Mummy vibes with this too. This totally. kind of traveling around, discovering these things. Now, of, of course, the, the Mummy has a little bit more of a supernatural vibe to it. Awaking. It's <laughs> <Just laughs> like… Uh, uh, Pharaoh of old, a to mummy kind of take over the world. A mummy, some would say. Um, some would, but yeah, I caught myself. It, this this had kind of a ripple effect for me. I caught myself yeah. wanting to watch everything like this movie after I was done watching yes. this movie. And a lot of the times, if that happens to me, it's so that I could watch a better version of the movie that I saw because I know someone else can do it better. But this was like hanging out with an old friend. I and just want getting more. home and then wanting to text another old friend. Yeah, to yeah, kind of get that nostalgia back. Totally. <clears throat> yeah, there's something, um, and I think this is what you mean with the cryptid stuff. It is so achievably fantastical. Yeah, completely. It, it it almost feels like by watching this movie, you're entering into like an ARG, and you can just like go into your nearest town and be like, "Where are the secrets?" And, <laughs> You can just search for any of it, you know? <laughs> Are you Charlotte? <laughs> I love that the pipe came back at the end as the key to everything. Yeah. I would love to, I, I, I want to I highlight a couple of things that I rolled my eyes at and obviously just kept trucking along because I didn't yeah. care at all. Um, when Ian is like, <laughs> and why don't you go ahead and invite Riley and uh, Abigail? Because I know they're, 
probably close. Why did he do it? Yeah, he should have just said, no, <laughs> they're not. Like, they're not close. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the next scene is all of them together. It's like, what are you doing? He got me. He was too strong. <laughs> he fooled me. Oh, no. I got fooled. No, I just totally oh, changed. No, I lost oh, it. No. Oh, no. I got oh, fooled. No. I got fooled again. <laughs> oh, no. No. There you go. It's no is hard. No um, is hard. I, to say, um, anyone else miss uh, or want more Chris Plummer? I forget he's at the beginning of yeah. this and he's brilliant. He does such a good he's job. Wonderful. Very good. Oh, the kid that plays is young so Ben strong. is bad. In the two minutes this guy has, he's the most charismatic person in the whole, or the ch- most charming person in the entire movie. Harlan and he has yeah. two minutes with his grandson. Uh, he's so good. His yeah. grandson, the young Ben, when he's like, I so swear. Kills me I, every time. Gosh, I wish I could. Even as a kid, that bugged me. Yep. I wish I could remember the commercial, but this kid reminds me of. <laughs> I wonder if I've told y'all this story before. There's a commercial. I, I feel like you definitely have told us is this. It, is it about to be the grandpa yes. commercial? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> it's about the Impazima. The kid who's like, just like you do sometimes, grandpa. Like you do sometimes, Grandpa. <laughs> this kid just basically like <laughs> the worst television commercial. That is a piece of deep two chunks lore. I think yeah. it was probably two and a half years ago that we said that uh, in like every that episode. Long? It's a long time like ago. We're all four, man. Grandpa? We're old. <laughs> Talking about how the big bad big bad wolf runs out of <laughs> runs out of breath. Oh, okay. But I think it's, this it's like that with this kid, right? Like, yeah, it, it has always bothered me. I rem- I remember being bothered as a kid, Doge, like you said, that he it's it's the emphasis. It's not I it's so the swear. Emphasis. It's I, I so swear. swear. It's I so swear. Yeah. Like like I'm so it's like it's hungry. A, it's like it's a modifier of how intently he's he swears. He swears so hard. Signifying what he swears. I swear it is so. Yeah. Mm. But I do, I mean, I don't think I'd be able to keep my composure if Chris Plummer was like, do you want to be a knight? Yeah. Of course I do, Chris Plummer. I think so. Of course I do. I think this movie, you mentioned bringing the pipe back as a key at the end. I think this movie appeals to me for the same reason that escape rooms are like one of my favorite things to do. Oh, yeah. Because the end of this movie just exactly is an escape room with all the little puzzle and little clues. And it doesn't, I mean, it's it doesn't resemble any real thing that's ever existed. It's totally manufactured. Like the closest we might get is the Great Pyramids, uh, entering pyramids in Egypt. But even that stuff's not wild, no. totally wild like this. No. Um, fun little game for the three of us. Mm. what do you think, and you might have said it already, but I have an idea and we haven't even talked about it yet, as to the most egregious rip from the Indiana Jones series. Just straight Mm. up taking it. For me, it's the reveal that, oh, wow, the treasures are much bigger than we thought. Dude, that's what I was literally just about to say. At the end of Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, we've taken the Ark of the Covenant. Covenant? The Ark Covenant. of the Covenant to this warehouse, right? To put, it's the irony that he goes through all this trouble and this thing is just put in a wooden box. I love it though. It's brilliant. And it's just in this warehouse with all the other stuff that you would assume, like how many stories have there been? For them to light, it was already cool. Like we had cool stuff in that little yeah. room, but they light this thing that creates an egregious river of flame to reveal the Mines of Moria, basically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All of these Templar trinkets. I was like, this is the least creative thing about this entire movie. <laughs> because anyone who has seen Indiana Jones, I'm like, Burp. think of something new. Yeah. But also, at the same time, I'm like, whoa, there's so much. Yeah, I was about to say, it there's really doesn't so bother me that much, much while I'm stuff. watching it. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Every time she says scrolls from the Library of Alexandria, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Say it again. Same. I like the part where Riley cries about stairs. 
Yeah. Classic. What a classic Riley boy. (laughs) Also, his comment about the, what is it? The bluish green man with a weird goatee. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's significant. Tasty. It's choice. This movie, I think, does suffer from a little bit of the 20 years ago blind patriotism of like, of course all this world treasure's in America because America's yeah. like the main place, right? It's like the main one. So all the treasure's going to be here, right? <laughs> it maybe well, doesn't it's not called international up. treasure, tell Doge. Him, tell him. But the treasure, the treasure is not national. It is an international it, treasure. It is oh, definitely an international treasure. This is the wrong treasure. movie. This should right? not be called national treasure. <laughs> right? It's hey, only called national because treasure because it lives here now. To French we people. thought of it. Because it lives here yeah, now. Exactly. It's ours. He offers to give some to the Louvre. That's true. That's true. That's, that's true. French. That's not of American. That's not of American. It's true. That's I thought he said he's going to send it, send it down the Louvre. Yeah, just no, you're right. it down the big slide at the Olympics. I don't think he was going to send it to any museums. That'd be fun to watch. I'd watch that. Okay, best, uh, best wool over the eyes of his enemies. I'm going to give the award to Dad for selling the lie that it is in Boston at the church. Yeah. I'm going to give a second place honorable mention to uh, the fake declaration. That's my number one. It's fake so declaration good. is fantastic. Thirty-five dollar declaration. That's wonderful. That's, That's like some heist movie stuff, right there. Yeah, dude. for real. The the declaration heist is really very good, and it's I mean they very are very good. Straight up ripping off of, notably Ocean's Eleven and Mission Impossible. To be honest, yeah. Mission Impossible. Yeah, I mean, it's, I love it's, that he can't get the screws out of the back of the thing in the four minutes he's alone down there, but he can in the thirty-second elevator ride. I think using the bulletproof glass that houses the Declaration of Independence so as a shield is so cool. <laughs> yeah. His laser that uh, he heats up the declaration sensors with next to Gam Gam. We're getting in the Chris Farley territory. I know, but it's, it's got to happen. You remember that? Oh, it's awesome. It's got to happen. That's some of the Two Chunks flavor is just geeking out about fun stuff in movies. I want to do something in my life where I sit in an unmarked van with monitors and a walkie-talkie. The FBI's just downloaded this episode. Yeah. And they're taking a look at you now. That's a pretty good way to get new fans, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, FBI agents, support us on Patreon. Put our tax dollars back into our pocket. <laughs> you guys pay taxes? Now the IRS is listening. Hey. Ooh. Hey, IRS. got tons of free time. Hey, They've IRS, a- support us on Patreon. Put our tax dollars back into your pocket, back into our pocket. If you back don't, into yours. we'll ignite this bomb we've been making at home. Ooh, now the CIA is listening. It's time, it's time to find out if Shark and Catch... It's that time. ends up being such a weak moment because he <laughs> oh does gosh. catch it, but it's so much funnier because he catches <laughs> it. Oh, man. Thank I God his jacket it. was flammable. I watched this movie last night, okay. less than 24 hours ago. I would start it again from the beginning right now. This <laughs> I love very that. second. If you guys were like, let's screen share and watch National Treasure, I'd be like, I'm in 100%. <laughs> okay, so I think it's just obviously time to rate this movie because we're going to, we're going to, uh, hype cyclone the rest of this episode <laughs> if we're not careful. So we're going to rate it using science, the same science that Benjamin Franklin, the original one, used to make the first pair of 3D glasses. So the scientific cinema scale is made right here in Two Chunks' very own test kitchens. It's perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy that poster. The next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it and then stream it. And after that is forget it. And last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'd like to go first. Please. And, and to get it out of the way. I'm, I'm a buy it. I'm not buying the poster. Uh, and I really do think the difference is perhaps how less smooth my brain was the first time I saw this movie. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> How crinkly yeah. my brain was. I was 16 years old. So I very much… World-weary grown man. I look back down the timeline about four years ahead of time and I'm like, there's the poster. But for some reason, when I watched it, it was not the kind of thing. Like when you said I could start it again tonight, I don't know if I have the energy and that's just age. <laughs> but I, I buy it. 
but I don't Big buy the Big wheel poster. keeps on turning, huh? I mean, mm. Mm. love it. It's the kind of thing to where I would want to watch with someone if they've never seen it before. Oh, yes. big time. Yeah. yeah. This is an, an immediate evangelize somebody who's never seen yeah. it. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. Oh, no. Oh, it's a poster for me because it's so good. It's such a I hate movie. how much I love yeah. No, I hate how much I love it. None, none of the true this fans is, are surprised, dude. This is, that's what Jess told me last time we were watching it. She was like, Do you, are you loving this right now? I was like, yeah, you're, I absolutely like, am. She's like, this is, this is your exact kind of movie. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know why I am broken in this unique way, but this is my kintsuki and this is the gold that binds me. I love that. It is, it is my exact kind of movie. I'm going to buy the poster for National Treasure. It's valid. It's valid and you're allowed to do that. I am buying it. It's great. I love it. I sometimes feel reductionist at the end of episodes trying to like succinctly sum up everything I just spent the last, you know, 50 minutes explaining. Yeah. But but I think the best way that I can describe my feelings on this movie are it is perfect for what it is, not perfect to me. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it is not a perfect film in my eyes. But for what it is, it is everything it needs to be. <clears throat> That's good. And, it, it, and that makes it a buy for me. It, without yeah. question. It is exactly what it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is dumb. <laughs> but also, watch it and tell me that's wrong. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> you can't convince me that's incorrect. Uh, next week, we are finishing up Heist to Meet You with Doja's Offering which is Ben Affleck's The Town. Uh, Doge, you've never seen it. Doge's Ben Affleck's The Town. Doge's Ben Affleck's The Town. It's your first watch, right? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Very exciting. Uh, I've seen this movie quite a few times. I've seen it once. I don't remember hardly any of it. Very good. Very good. Um, ben Affleck plays The Town. I do know that. Okay, yeah, he's The Town. Interesting. Um, and I think Robin Williams is The Town's therapist. Yeah. Okay. I'm down. And Matt Damon plays the talented Mr. Ripley. The talented Mr. Ripley, which is the, the Matt Damon Perfect. movie I always think of first. It's probably my favorite role of his. When I think Matt Damon, I think the talented Mr. Ripley. <laughs> and Stillwater. <laughs> to end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name and what historical item we would like to see Ben Franklin Gates tackle next. For Two Chunks and a Hunk, I am Jordan Wonders, and uh, Ben Franklin Gates this time is going to go once and for all find George Washington's wooden teeth. The end. <gasps> the wooden chompers. The wooden chompers. National, National Treasure 3, search for the wooden chompers. The in, they're inchers. They're like ant dentures. Oh, nice. Inchers. That is good. Yeah, thanks. It takes George I'm a very long time <laughs> to chew any... Thing at all. <laughs> Gosh, I guess I gotta watch all of the Lord of the Rings. I now. know it doesn't take much for me. <laughs> I'm Doge, and Ben Franklin is a big fan of these ancient historical documents codifying personal liberties, and so he's going for the Magna Carta. The Magna Carta, yeah. the hottest little track of 1215. <laughs> He's going to grab the Magna Carta and he's going to find a map to an even bigger and even more different treasure. I love that. I, I love that you mentioned the bigger treasure because I'm Carter. <laughs> and like literally, what's interesting though is that it takes him to France and he finds this colossal temple that evidently nobody knew about, but it's been right in front of everyone this whole time. Surely there's treasures inside, but there's this massive hole that looks like there needs to be some object put in there and we're talking like a huge, huge crevasse that needs to have something put in there to unlock this massive temple door. And he says, it's because the key's not here anymore. Everyone's like looking for it. Like, I can't find it. can't find it. Something that big. How could we miss it? And then he looks at the camera and he says, that's right. A gift given to the states. I'm going to steal the Statue <laughs> yes. of Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that he can put that in there, open up this <laughs> Giant not door. even, not even close. Yours is the best answer, and one I would actually yes. watch. Yes, 
Yes. In fact, if he doesn't steal the the, the Statue of Liberty in National Treasure 3, I'm deleting Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I'm unsubscribing. Wait a minute. Apple of my eye. Big Apple. Gift of the Father. <laughs> You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.